Hi everyone, welcome back to your favorite podcast, All Yours for Animals, where we help you listen to your pets better. I know I've been away for a while, but don't worry, today's episode is something different and something you really need to hear right now. So are you ready? Every single day, we strive to be the best pet parents our dogs could ever ask for, right? As caregivers, we serve their needs in so many ways possible, whether it is providing quality food to keep them healthy, offering a safe space to rest, regular walks, outings to channelize their energy, so, so much more. But then comes a day when our dogs really want our shoe to chew. And either we let him chew it, thinking it's a need that we're working on, or we run behind him to get it back and hide it and then keep it out of his reach for the rest of his life. Now in this situation, what message are you trying to convey to your dog? In both these conditions, let me ask you that. So I'm going to draw something out for you. Our dog wanted our shoe and in the first situation, we gave in, right? Now in this case, the want was served. The need was teething, mouthing, which could have been served in so many different ways such as toys for enrichment, interactions, etc. But instead, our dog's action was easily translated into, I want that shoe. And we let him. So think about it. Did you really serve a need or a want? If it's a one-off situation, I'd understand where it's your birthday party and your dog can smell such a delicious cake and he wants a bite of it. And that's okay because that's a one-off situation. But not when your dog gets everything he wants. Because today it's your shoe, tomorrow it's your furniture, and later it's going to be your limited edition AirPods. Yes, you know who you are. So tell me, what are you going to do then? I'm sure you won't brush it off, tagging it as a need by then, right? I mean, come on, did your dog really need to chew off your AirPods? Was that a need? While we work with these cases daily, where dogs have ripped apart the sofa, chewed off the wires, or worse, bitten a child, we always ask the parents one question. Where did it all begin? As a puppy, was he allowed to chew things as he pleased? How was he taught what's okay and what's not okay? Now let's come to the second situation. Your dog gets a hold of your shoe. The brand new imported Adidas Originals. What's your reaction? You run in his direction and you chase him around the house, shouting, give it back, give it back now, please, please give it back. You finally manage to get it out of his mouth, either by pulling it or bartering it with a treat or another toy. Mind you, that's a quick fix. Bartering never helps. Right after this incident, I'm sure you're going to be extra, extra sure where your shoes are going to be safely placed, right? In a shoebox, right outside your dog's reach. So, let me ask you one more question. Living in this scenario, do you think you have trained your dog or has your dog trained you? I'll give you a minute to process it. So, where were we? Need versus want. We hope this example gave you an understanding of how our dogs think, feel and believe. When we shape their behavior, we need to teach them that the world is not a wish-granting factory. There will be things that they won't be allowed to do, even if you can provide it. Here's something important I want you to know. If you treat your dog like a young puppy or a child, he will always remain like one, even if he's 5 months old, 5 years old or 15 years old. 
If we spoon feed him everything, we let him have his way all the time, he will be used to it as learned behavior and we cannot really blame him for it, can we? So what can we do instead? We draw a line. We address them as mature adults than a young child who constantly needs us. How about we teach our dog acceptable behaviors and correct their unacceptable behaviors to make them independent of their thought? When we teach them the right values, we can trust them to know better anytime, anywhere, giving them the freedom without the leash because we know we have taught them the right values. When can we not leave our dogs off leash? When we can't trust them with something, right? Imagine our parents constantly clutch to our hands too tight, worried if they'd let go, we'd do something we aren't supposed to. The freedom is what our dogs are asking for. The freedom our dogs want soon becomes the freedom they need. Okay, I'm going to repeat that for you. The freedom our dogs want will soon in this situation become the freedom they really need. And then we actually wonder why they rebel and not listen to us. Let me share another real life example with you. Last week, we were working with a one-year-old poodle called Meryl. Now, Meryl has developed a habit of continuous barking and unpredictable behavior leading to biting the mother several times. Her family walked into the session with bite marks on their arms and legs. When talking to them, we could identify several symptoms of her behavior showing on the surface level. Say, barking at strangers, being instantly triggered by the doorbell, sniffing the floor thoroughly right when a new person walks in, snapping when not liking something, and so much more. These symptoms were derived from one specific cause, lack of guidance and direction in the house. Meryl was desperate for a leader in the house and shouldering the responsibility of keeping herself and the pack members safe was really stressing her out. In general, some dogs do love to take up the role of a pack leader, leading the pack towards health, harmony and happiness. But in this case, Meryl's instincts could never support her. She didn't know what the doorbell really means. Why does she meet dogs downstairs on a leash who aren't really from her territory? Why are unknown people walking into her safe space? These things seemed unnatural to her and hence she acted out of defense than ignorance because there was no clarity given by her humans. Now you may be actually thinking, how is this related to a need and a want situation? Answer is a bit tricky, but if you listen intently, you will be able to join the dots quite easily. Protecting herself and her family served as a need for Meryl. To relieve her from this role, the family assumes the role of a pack leader and Meryl is more than happy to pass it on because she isn't equipped enough to hold it, especially when living in a city life. When it's the wildlife, sure, Meryl would be a great pack leader because her instincts would support her, her senses are heightened compared to us humans, but not in a city life. Here, the cars are zooming past, apartment lifts are there, there's so much more that is beyond her understanding. As long as we are providing the right kind of guidance and direction to our dogs, they are more than happy to listen to us. And of course, you know what happens when you do that. When you listen to them, they listen to you. It's as simple as that. So now here is a behavior of hers that brought us to a conclusion. What? about biting her humans what about the other part of the behavior the unpredictable behavior 
Now let's understand that too. We ask the father to narrate specific incidents of the biting, sparing absolutely no details. In one incident, he specifically shared how Meryl loves to sleep on the bed. Every time they would try to lift her up and put her back on the floor, she would snap and bite. Another incident, she loves to drag her pee mat around and tear it apart. When someone tries to take it from her mouth, she growls and bites. And lastly, the most shocking one. Every time the mother hand feeds her favorite food, sometimes Meryl bites her hand as a response when she doesn't want to eat. For all those who have listened intently, can you think back to all these three incidents that I've just narrated and tell me what is the one common thread amongst the three of them? Come on, think about it. Here is the answer. In all these three situations, Meryl's wants were served, not her needs. How so? Let me help you. Meryl wanted to sleep on the bed but was asked to move. She was provided the comfiest bed in the world, which was different from her human bed. But this served her need of comfort and solace as well. Yet, she wants to sleep up on the human bed, which was creating a problem. Second, Meryl wanted to tear apart the bee pad, even though she knew it's not a toy and there are so many more toys offered to her. Yet, this felt good, so she did it anyway. Third, here is the tricky part. Meryl did not want to eat the particular food item. We recreated this situation at our training center to actually catch it live and work on it. If Meryl was hungry, she could eat her own food. There's no need to feed a dog of her age unless there's a health condition we're dealing with. Our dear Meryl gave a common response to all three of her wants, snapping or growling. How did she learn this? We can say that she was pseudo-trained by her family. This is when the family is unaware that they are teaching certain behaviors to their dog through their actions and reactions. Meryl could easily put two and two together and when she realized snapping, growling or biting gets me what I want, especially if you see the third case, you will notice how easy it would have been for Meryl to walk away from her mother if she simply did not want to eat. But instead, she chose to snap and teach the mother a lesson as she wanted her to know that she didn't like the force feeding. Are you trying to understand what I'm trying to say? Do you, are you able to connect the dots here? Great. In every podcast, while we discuss a problem, we also share a solution. If this is something you are going through, here's how we are going to help you because you and your dog need to work together in understanding each other's needs and wants. The solution, trust me, is much, much simpler than the problem. But to implement it, that, my friend, is a mountain to climb. But again, if it's a mountain to climb, it's not impossible. It's just a little difficult. As long as you're consistent and persistent with it, there is nothing that can stop you. So you remember how I told you earlier about referring to your dog as a mature adult and not a small puppy? I want you to edge that in your memory because you're going to need it. Now, every time your dog asks for something or does something, ask yourself, are you serving a need or a want? Does your dog really want a piece of that delicious dinner you have cooked for yourself or does he need it? Does your dog need to run in the park to release his energy or is he wanting it? Be true to yourself and your dog when you answer these questions. 
This will help you communicate to your dog better and of course, listen to him. Here's a part that you all have been waiting for. In the entire podcast, if I really want you to take back something, it's this. How do you disregard a want and how do you address a need? To help you understand better, I've divided into three super simple steps. Okay? So the first step is take three seconds. Exactly three seconds to observe the situation from an objective point of view, not as a dog parent, dog lover or dog guide. Ask yourself this question. Does my dog want or need this? That's it. That's all you need to ask yourself in those three seconds. And it's the first thing that comes to you. There's no overthinking in this situation. Okay. Now the second part. Depending on your answer, take action. Remember, if you ignore and serve a want today, thinking it's just this time that I'm going to do it, then today it's a 10 rupee pee pad, tomorrow it's your 10,000 rupee airpods. Step 3. If it's a need, provide it for your dog like the best pet parent that you are. The need to eat, sleep, rest, relieve himself, drain excessive energy, socialize with other dogs, mouthing, to name a few. But if it's a want, Correct him instead of convincing him to not do it. Convincing means you are giving your dog a choice to listen or to not listen. Correction means you are teaching your child it's not acceptable and you don't want him to do it now or ever again. Very, very important. Never give attention. That means talking nicely, chasing him around, petting him to tell him, please, you're a good boy, you're a good boy. No, give it back, give it back to mama. That's not going to work. The attention will only reinforce it, making him want to do it again and again because this is what gets your attention. A behavior that you have encouraged for future. Lastly, I would like to attend the most common question we get asked every time this topic is discussed. Is it wrong to serve my dog's wants? After all, he's our child and we'd like to provide him the best. To this, I'd like to say, yes, you're right. There is absolutely nothing wrong in serving our child's wants, provided it's with the right intention and situation. If my dog is pulling on the other end of the leash with his teeth, wanting to be free, demanding to be free, I will first understand his want, but not serve him while he's throwing that fit. I would first correct him, bring his mind from a level 100 of excitement to a level 20 of patience using my sit command to relax him. At the same time, while I'm giving the sit command, I'll be relaxed myself. If I'm stressed out, I cannot expect him to relax. If I offer him a treat, then this entire command goes to waste because he doesn't understand the real reason I want him to sit, which is to relax. And now when he's totally relaxed in his head, then I'm going to reward it with his want. That is freedom by letting go of the leash. This way, he understands that when he wants his wants met, This way, he understands what gets his needs and wants met. It's not the bullying, the rebel, the tantrum. It's the calmness and patience. This brings us to the end of today's episode. And of course, how can we leave you, our dear listeners, without our bonus tip, right? So here's a little homework for all of you. Create a small notebook for your dog. And like how my dog's name is Zoe, I will call it the Zoe Journal. So in that, I would like you to first list down what are your dog's primary needs. It could be food, shelter, care, a hygienic place to pee and poop, etc. 
and on the other page i want you to write down your dog's secondary needs this would be things like playtime with his humans yummy treats long walks without a leash mental enrichment so much more and on the third page you blindly without a thought list down every single want of your dog it could be anything wants your socks wants to run out of an open door wants to steal food from the kitchen anything and everything that comes to your mind once you do that i want you to create a schedule where you duly satisfy every single need of your dog okay need not want when you do that you will realize that almost a week or month later depending on your dedication you have successfully striked off so many behaviors from your want list because his needs were being served to his happiness and when you feel his want behaviors are still continuing think back to what is the core need you're not serving remember if we have shaped his troubled behavior we can work on it too Thank you so much our lovely audience. If you like this episode do share it as your story on Instagram with other pet parents and do DM us on Facebook or Instagram at all yours for animals telling us what you thought of this episode and how it helped you. We would love to know. Signing off my name is Divya and we are all yours for animals. See you next week with another brand new episode. Stay tuned and take care.